We are in the home stretch of finishing our Theology 101 series. We are going to be talking about eschatology. I'm here with Josh. I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor here at Life Fellowship Church. Um, Josh, our producer. Dan is out gallivanting around yep. North Carolina somewhere, doesn't care about us. He's he, just He heard that we were talking about eschatology and decided <laughs> that's a, that he's, that's he's exactly what out he, <laughs> of uh, he's avail- not available. He's got some appointment all he does, of a You know, Dan, he doesn't like to talk about anything controversial. Never. That's, that's so Dan. Never. By the way, I just every once in a while I get these thoughts in my head that just questions that mm. I want to answer I want to ask you or ask other people. Yeah. And I know this has nothing to do with theology, maybe a little bit. What's good. your drink at Starbucks? Oh, if you go, I mean, oh, I've got, if, I have an answer go, to this. If you go to Starbucks, what is your yeah. drink? Okay, so it's a pretty girly drink. So just first okay. of all, I'm all right. not the you, cool manly black coffee. You're a frou guy. guy. Yeah. So I get a <laughs> I get a black and white mocha, which means half and half. So it's, so it's half pumps mocha, half okay. pumps white mocha. Oh, okay. Because so that combination just makes it so good. White mocha is too sweet. Mocha's a little too bitter. Put them yeah. both together. It's wonderful. Wow. Um, I get it extra hot uh, because I you like have, it. To, I've noticed have that, that you thing. have to really get it extra hot because yes. Starbucks is like, you get it and you're like, I've got two minutes to drink this coffee. Yep. It's 160 if you don't. It's 180 if you order it extra hot. And so it lasts Wait, wait, wait. They charge you 20, se- 20 no, cents? No, no, no. 180 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, oh, Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I was <laughs> no. thinking- so I was it's, tw- it's, it's, it's twenty more degrees warmer, and and I like it. But that that's way. heavenly. It lasts longer. One hundred eighty is yep. perfect. So, and I'm decaf now. That's a pretty recent yeah, thing. Too. But I finally Me found too. out yeah. that caffeine affects my anxiety, yeah. and so <laughs> now it just uh, it's, it's just ama- a nice warm drink. It's amazing how we have as a culture just completely thought there's nothing wrong with caffeine, but th- as as a as a stimulant and an addictive. But there's other right. things that we're like, oh, that's horrible. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where we're at. Like, what about you? What's your drink? So I'm pretty um, I'm pretty bland when it comes. To, I cannot do the frou-frou drinks. I feel uh, like if I wanted a milkshake, I would go to. It's s- not some a frappuccino. Kind of, I would go to some. I, I know, but like I want to. I want there to be a tinge of sweetness, but I don't want there to be. I want to taste the coffee. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I used to get um, really. Americanos just because mm-hmm. I was cheap and I'm like I, I love espresso more than I love coffee that's just just espresso and water everybody yeah just espresso yeah sorry um, and so I would typically get the I would get an Americano with heated up oat milk and um, a packet of stevia and a, and a squirt of of honey I know that sounds this really shows how different you and I are <laughs> but listen I got a drink at, at Starbucks last week uh-huh. that was so good yeah, and it just I just pulled it out of. What was it? Out of left field. It was uh, their decaf medium roast pour over. Oh, if you get a pour over, it is really good. Anyways, I've discovered the the beauties of of pour overs. Um, nice. So, anyways. I don't know. That has nothing to do with the, of course, some people are going to be like, how dare you shop at Starbucks? I know. (laughs) I I actually have gotten this before from pro-lifers. How dare you shop Um, at Starbucks? It's my favorite coffee. Yeah. Anyways, I I just was curious on on what your drink is. So, all right. Uh, Eschatology, which is the study of last things, final things. Um, And and so this is really when we get into, Josh, there are certain things about eschatology that I don't believe are that controversial that most people would say, I agree about that. For example, almost everyone believes within Orthodox evangelical Christianity that Jesus is going to return. 
Yes. Got that covered. Yes. Um, how and when he comes back, that's the, right. that's for, that's, we'll spend an episode purely on that issue. Like, what does that phrase mean? Yeah. Is, is the like, question. there's all kinds of, there's, there's four different schools of thought on that. And then, then the, the last part is really, um, the final state of, of eternity, right? It's not just about Jesus' yeah. return. It's about last things is, is ultimately about heaven and hell or, or lake of fire or new heaven, new earth things that we read about towards the end of the the narrative in the, in the scriptures. So, we'll be dealing we'll be dealing with those three big topics and if it takes us three episodes, praise God. If not, we'll just we'll just figure it out because we'll we see always what happens. we always do. So, I thought today we would just talk about the fact that Jesus will return. Hmm. Um and and one of the things that the Bible's very clear about is that Jesus will return suddenly. That that nobody knows when that will happen. Yep. So Even so angels. yeah. So so Matthew twenty four verse forty four, James chapter five verse eight, Revelation um, two verse twenty two. There's this idea that no one knows the time or the hour in which Jesus will return. Um, and then we also believe that Jesus will return visibly. This is the idea that. Um, for example, years ago, when when liberal Christianity was really kind of coming on the scene, late 1800s, when the anti supernatural uh, beliefs were starting to take shape and influence Christian thought, a lot of times people will believe, well, when it says when Jesus said he'll return, because anti supernaturals can't have anything supernatural, supernatural. happen. There is Jesus was simply talking about the spirit of Jesus returning. Like there would be this spirit of, of the Messiah that would overcome the world where goodness and peace and harmony would Wouldn't just- Wouldn't that be a supernatural thing? Well, yes. But but what, what they're saying is, is there's more of a ethereal- um, Okay. Kind of a kind More of a mystical, mystical spiritual unity of humanity, as opposed to Jesus really coming back, yeah, invisibly. Yeah, First John chapter three verse two, Revelation one verse seven, and then finally, he's coming back bodily. He's coming back in a visible form, or, or not just visible, but also physical form. So, um, we know this in Acts chapter one when Jesus is ascending. We, in the beginning of Acts, we see the angels showing up and saying, "Hey, the same way that he." went up, you will see him come come back down again. So 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 is another passage that talks about that. So suddenly, visibly, bodily, that's really important. I think everyone within the within the Orthodox Christian family would say, we believe that. Yeah. So th- there's no debate on that. Yeah. Um, so, so what we mostly disagree upon are the details of when and how that happens. Yeah. We'll get into that later. What I do want to get into is um, the signs that precede Christ's return, because I think that's mm. really important to understand. And here's really the 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 crux of the of the issue when it comes to these things. Yeah. Because if Jesus can come back at any time, and everyone believes that, Jesus actually gives some things that are going to happen to precede His return, and so Ooh. some people believe. You know, are these signs that have happened already? Or are these signs going to happen in the future? So I'm going to go through yeah. the six signs that that either Jesus or Paul talk about happening. Mm. Now, a lot of these Jesus talked about in the three 
three chapters, if you want to write this down, the three chapters that if you want to read over and study that talk a lot about these signs preceding Jesus' return, uh, Matthew's chapter, Matthew chapter 24, Luke chapter 21, and Mark chapter 13. Those are all chapters that really encompass a lot of what Jesus talks about. And there's four main points that Jesus makes in these three chapters. They're parallel passages, the synoptic mm-hmm. gospels. So the first one is that the preaching of the gospel will reach the to all the nations. That's significant. The, the, the reality that the good news of Jesus will will extend to the to the four corners of the earth and every ethnos will will hear it. And that's even we see that in um Revelation chapter five, where the around the throne room of God is every people, every tribe, every mm-hmm. tongue, every nation. And so there's this idea that there will be people from all nations, right? So I see your I see your yeah. Eyes. Wait, okay. So so I I want to make sure because first I was thinking so obviously I think with nations is not as literal in the way that we right. use it it's, right it's now. It's Greek ethnos, right? It's just like it's, it's it's everything, right? Everything. And so then I guess maybe a question for me would be because I'm wanting to know like what about those tribes and the really really tiny islands yes. and things yeah. like that because the when I've thought of like the every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Jesus stuff, is Lord. That makes me think of like that's what's happening during the like you know he's coming down and everyone has to yeah, bow down kind yeah. of a thing oh, as opposed yeah. to before yeah yeah and so help me understand like does this mean that the, re- the that the return couldn't come until every you know island full of people have had some kind of a chance to hear something yeah that's a really good question and that's up for debate All right so huh. so there are some people that believe. Not all the time when all is used, it means all in Scripture. Now, I know I'm going to just open up a giant can of worms <laughs> that by is, saying what? that. Um, many times that they, they will use um, euphemistic language, mm-hmm. right? So, so, for example, I know there's this passage in Acts where it says, someone's quoting, someone is saying, um, everyone in all of Asia has heard about right. Jesus. Right. Okay. That statement is not to be interpreted literally. Yeah. That statement is, is to be meant as a someone's making a euphemistic statement like this yeah. message is everywhere now. Yeah. It's, it's it's how we would now be like it got literally everywhere. Everywhere. Out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so all of us use kinds of euphemistic language. Yeah. So some people are saying, well, no, this literally means all ethnos. So so there are still people groups that have yet to hear about Jesus, and so Jesus will not return until every nation hears. Some people feel like this is it's more that's this is more of a symbolic statement when he's like basically the gospel will reach all kind of ge- geographical areas and we we can definitely state that we know that the gospel has gone forth. It is it's in Asia, it's in it's in um Europe, Africa, South America. I mean mm-hmm. everywhere where there is a populous group of people, there's the gospel. Okay, we still know that there there are people that are that have yet to hear, but so so, but so then that would be taking it literally. Yeah, which seems like generally probably the way that I think about hermeneutics at this point in my life is I probably don't usually take words like that super literally, and so it seems like if that's going to be the case in a lot of like if that's how. I'm thinking about a bunch of other cases, then mm-hmm. it seems like weird for me to be like, well, when it comes to eschatology, I'm going to be like, no, that means literally every <laughs> single knee 
See, you are you are you're so smart, Josh, because this is literally <laughs> what Christians have been debating for hundreds of years. Well, then we're not going to figure it out today. <laughs> I mean, what you're but I'm what interested. You're, what you're saying is, and this is where a lot of times the dispensationalists come up against covenant theologians to say, no, n- not everything that is not every prophecy is meant to be interpreted in this literal, like 144,000. Like there's right. literally right. 144,000 right, people right. that accept Jesus from all these 12 tribes that these are numbers that are symbolic in nature. So again, I don't want to get into weeds of that right now, but but there are some people that say, okay, so if Jesus says, my I can return at any moment. Right. And Jesus also said, hey, the gospel has got to be preached to all the nations. Then we really... It's kind of like, oh, we got time, right? I mean, it, it, because there's still people groups that have yet to hear right. about Jesus. Right. So there, there's a, that's what I'm saying. There's some interpretation to some of these statements yeah. that, that cause people to pause and say, well, wait a second. Right. Is this return really imminent? Yeah. So anyways, but that that's one of the signs that Christ said will happen before he returns. Hmm. Um, the second one is the great tribulation. We know that there's going to be an intense time of persecution, a time of... Uh, and again, whether this is a literal seven years that that dispensational uh, premillennialists believe in, or there's just a there's a time period by which um, there's just an extra amount of persecution to the people of God. But Ben, Jerry Jenkins, and Tim LaHaye <laughs> taught me that we're not going to have to worry yeah, about that. Yeah, I know. I know. We got into... <laughs> like a bad Christian pilot guy who needs to. He's not quite there yet. Let's be that guy. Like yeah. we don't have to worry about it. Tribulation comes after yeah, Jesus comes exactly. back. Exactly. Yeah. No. Well, again, up for debate. <laughs> so, so the Great Tribulation that has to precede Christ's return. Hmm. The third one is there will be a false prophets in uh, in them doing signs and wonders. Mark thirteen talks about this. That there's going to be a rise of false prophets and people um, that will. Um, do signs and wonders to try to deceive people into believing in them. Hmm. Um, there also will also be signs in heaven. Jesus talks about there being um, cosmological signs. Really? Yes. Yes. There's going to be things. I mean, we see this in Revelation. We also see this. Uh, he talks about, Jesus talks about this in Matthew uh, and also in Mark. There being signs in heavens, earthquakes, famines. There's going to be some natural, supernatural, supernatural, natural events that occur that people are, it's, he, Jesus calls the birth pangs hmm. for the end. Hmm. Um, so we know there's going to be some kind of manifestation in the physical realm that will force, foretell the coming of Jesus. Yeah. And then, and then there's the, in addition to the false prophets, there will be an antichrist, a man of rebellion. We see this in second Corinthians, or I'm sorry, second Thessalonians chapter two, verses one through 10. Paul talks about this a lot. And, and again, this, this idea of a, the, the rise of an antichrist really parallels a lot of what we learn about in, in Daniel, where there's this there's this little horn that becomes this this beast and and deceives the world. And so, yeah. um, we we whether or not there's a there's an antichrist that comes during the tribulation, or or there are gonna, for example, some people believe that um, Hitler was a was a that that the Antichrist is always coming generationally. There's always an Antichrist. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, whether it's Julius Caesar or whether it's the you know or a pope, you know, there's all kinds of different yeah. ideas of who the Antichrist might be. And then Paul talks about this in Romans 11: that salvation of Israel, that there's going to be a time for the Gentiles, but that that at some point 
as the Gentiles have been grafted into the branch of, of Christ, there's going to be a restoration at some point of the, the people of Israel again. So all of those things. So, so again, here's the big debate. And, and we're going to pause right here. That's not working. I need to know how much time is left. What? It's not been working this whole time? Yeah, that's okay. I just need to know how much time I have um, left. We're at roughly probably 15 minutes in. So Okay, so five more minutes. Something like Perfect. that. Or okay. seven. Okay. Um, so here's here's the big problem, Josh. Okay. And that is, again, this is comes up to some hermeneutical differences. Mm-hmm. These signs are have either already happened. There's, there's a group of Christians that mm-hmm. would say, Yes, the, the the Great Tribulation that happened in seventy A.D. Okay, they're going right. to say these, right. or and there's been periods of Great Tribulation. Right, um, they're going to say the preaching of the gospel to all the nations has already happened. Mm-hmm. Right, there has been sign. You see this, the pattern of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. The pattern of the Book of Acts showing how the gospel is spreading to the nations. And so what they're saying is, oh yeah, that's that's already happened. Um, we can always say that, yeah, there's always an antichrist that mm-hmm. seems to be coming up every generation or so of people that drawing people away from God, doing yep. horrible, wicked things. Yep. So there are certain people that would say, yeah, these are these are things that have already been fulfilled. Right. Therefore, we believe that the imminent return of Jesus is possible. Right. Or there's people that say, no, none of these have taken place. In the fullness, literalness of what Jesus meant, therefore... There has to be; these are going to most likely take place in a in a future period of time. Now, dispensationally, that will happen in a seven. All of these things will take place in a seven year period. Okay, okay, called the Great Tribulation. Right. Um. So, so again, these are things that are up for debate. But yeah. I think at the end of the day, Christians can agree that the return of Jesus is imminent. How pe- how they define imminent, though. Is different for everyone, right? Right. Okay. So I've got a question for you. Yeah. What are what are Christian numerologists getting wrong? Like <laughs> they're paying all this attention to the signs and what more than anybody else. I feel like yeah. Jack and Van yet, Jack Van Impey. How many times now has someone been like, "Here is the date that everything's oh. going to happen," yeah. and then yeah. pretty soon it's like, "Oh, actually, it's in you know several months from yeah. now." I, I missed one verse. Okay. So so basically, it's a it's a massive perversion of an interpretation of something Jesus said. Hmm. Jesus says, no man will know the, and I don't know the specific verse reference, right. but no one will, no man will know the hour in which I come. Yeah. And so what people will say to pervert that will say, well, we don't know the hour, but we can know the year. How do you so, get that? So, so, but that? But that's what they're doing. What they're doing is playing, wow. playing with the semantics of the wording as opposed to saying, no, yeah. what Jesus meant by the hour, if you look at how he uses that word throughout his entire ministry, he's talking about a period of time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, it's, it's just a, again, it's just messed up, you know, the way people interpret scriptures. Yeah. I, I do think that anyone who tries to say there's a date I know it's coming. I've done all the research. For example, I think if Dan was here, I know we've met, mentioned this book before, but there's a guy that wrote a book almost 40 years ago, 35 years ago, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Returning in 1988. Sold millions <laughs> and millions of copies. Millions. People ate it up. People sold their homes, sold their businesses. And then 1988 happened and... It didn't have the longest shelf life. It did <laughs> not have a good a long shelf life. <laughs> and then, and then, um, it, he said, "Oh, I got it wrong. 
I did one miscalculation. It's 89 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1989. Did he do another book? Yes. No. And people still bought it. Oh, man. So it it's it's mind-boggling when Jesus said, no one's going to know the hour. Why do we still think that we can know the hour? Yeah. There's been so many groups. Yeah. Um, for example, even the roots of um, the Seventh-day Adventists uh, followed a someone who taught that Jesus was coming back. Ellen G. White had her followers sold all their goods, dressed in white robes, right. climbed the top of a mountain, right. and just waited, and nothing happened. But in those the root, the rest of those people kind of developed into the Seventh Day Adventist. I mean, it's really interesting some yeah. of the roots. But anytime you have anyone showing up and saying Jesus is definitely returning at this period, at this time, come follow me, sell your stuff, run the other way. Yeah, run the other. I I do think that there are people that look at what's happening in every generation and say, oh, it can't get any worse. Right. Yeah. Or there's it's, a lot it's, of that. It's gotta, it's gonna be it's gotta happen yeah. soon because of look at all these signs. And right. so I, I just it, it's been it's been two thousand years. Yeah. And we still don't know. And it could be still another two thousand years. Yeah. So if I guess maybe my final question has to do with application. Mm-hmm. You know, you said at the beginning, like it's important for us to know these six signs. Yeah. But yeah. then it's really clear, well, mostly clear what we should not do with that. So what should we be doing with these? Like if we don't even know how to interpret some of these signs, like yeah. I'm like, are the signs and wonders thing that the false prophets are doing? Is that even literal? I, well, I think yeah, I I what I think what Jesus is saying is don't be duped. Hmm. Don't be duped by people that are going to come along and say something. Okay. I think that's okay. one application. There is a lot of deception. Stuff There's a happening. lot of deception stuff. Think again, what does he point out? The false prophets, the, the, uh, the antichrist. There's going to be yeah. things that people say and do that make you feel like following them and saying, oh, this yeah. guy's got the message. Yeah. Don't be deceived. That's the first one. The huh. second one is there's a missional component to Christ's return saying, I'm going to return. I want you to be. I want you to be active. Yeah. I don't want you to just wait around and just yeah. just be lazy. I mean, that's actually what one of the main reasons why the letters of First and Second Thessalonians was written. Hmm. Paul was writing to this church that heard about the return of Christ and said, "There's no need to work. There's no need to do right. any. Like, let's just wait around. Let's just sit around, right. play our video games, and Jesus is going to return. Almost like a, a eschatological fatalism." Right. That they had adopted. Although arguably they even had more evidence that this was like happening like soon, like yeah, really, really yeah. soon. Like it was kind of right. understandable for them to be like, yeah, in the next like 40, right. 50 years. So Paul in some ways is like, no, you, you've got a life to live. There's a mission that Jesus yeah. has left you with. Hmm. Even the even the apostles, I believe that the that the 11 disciples that were left yeah. really believed they would see the return of Jesus. Yes. And every generation since then has believed yeah. it's going to happen in my lifetime. Yeah. So- I think there's a missional component. I think there's a deception component. Um, I also think that there's also um, just just an awareness. Don't don't get lazy with what is happening. Hmm. You know, don't don't get don't fall asleep. Yeah, be alert. Be yeah. aware of of the sign of the times. And not that that means it's definitely going to happen, but it could. And so you just always have to be ready yeah. and alert. I, I just think that's part of Jesus's message. And there's a good thing about that. Yeah. I mean, I remember as a kid, not a kid, I remember as a young adult, the first time my parents left me and my older brother alone, home alone. Mm. I'm talking of like for overnight. How old were you? I think my brother was, I think my brother was 18 and I was 16. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So we were we were older. Yeah. We didn't. You were fine. We were fine. We, we were okay. <laughs> but there was this some. There was something about we kind of. We didn't really clean up, and right. but we knew that when, there was a time when my parents were right. going to show up, yeah. and the two hours before they showed up was like, we got to clean this place. Right, right. I don't, I don't think Jesus wants us to live like that. I think Jesus yeah. doesn't want us to just kind of just live your life the way you want to. And oh man, I should probably care about how I live right now right. because my parents are coming home soon. I think it's living with the intention of it could happen at any any moment. So live like that. Yeah. Live with that kind of intentionality. It's like it's like when you're making stuff in the kitchen and you're doing it right where you're putting stuff away as you yes. go. Yes. Like you're finding those yes. opportunities. Like clean up little messes in your life yes. as you go. Yeah. Don't yeah. just wait for yes. the end. Don't just do your own thing and say, oh, now I've got to live like my parents are showing up. Right. That That's not the way to, to live a Christian yeah. life. Anyways. That's Je- helpful. Jesus nice. will return. So next time we will dig into the whole idea of the millennium, the views of the views of the eschatological timeline, how that how that looks. Jesus so, will return, Jesus and apparently return. it can always get worse. <laughs> it's like the other historical <laughs> lesson from this. It can get worse. You're right. It can get worse. <laughs> believe it or not. So all right. All right. Um, I hope this has been a, an enjoyable uh, conversation for you. Um, again, th- these are all things. Don't get caught up in the minutia. Don't get caught up emotionally in these things. Just know that Jesus will return in the right time in the right way to give himself the most glory. And uh, I hope this has been uh, a challenging, enlightening uh, episode for you. Thanks again for joining us on Life Talks. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.